Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. This is New York Game Day, presented by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Slowman's low prices, zero sacrifices. For a hundred years, Slowman's has been a staple in home comfort. Call 1-866-OIL-DEAL. And by Nissan, you deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill yourself. Shop your local Nissan store and Nissan.com today. Welcome back. It is New York Game Day, hour two here on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks, Amani Toomer, and Mike Tannenbaum. But it is now time for the Jordan Renan Report, brought to you by Sansone Auto Mall. Ten top brands, over 2,000 ve- 2, vehicles, one place. Sansone Auto Mall in Woodbridge. Uh, good morning, Jordan. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. How about you guys? Uh, great to have you on, uh, obviously in the thick of this uh, division round of the playoffs, uh, but wanting to spend some time this morning uh, getting an update in regard to what's going on with the Giants. The first things first, uh, you know, more and more is being revealed in regard to the uh, damaged relationship between Brian Dable and, and Wink Martindale uh, and, and hearing that a lot of the players were shocked to hear, like, how, how were they able to keep that under wraps as well as they did, number one, and number two, how much... Do you feel that, that that rift played a role in the disappointing season for the Giants, Jordan? I don't really think it did much. Like I said, they really did a good job of keeping it kind of behind closed doors. Um, I remember asking guys in the middle of the year when I, you know, we kind of knew that it was existing, and you know, they were like, honestly, we have no idea. Some of them were actually defiant on it. So I don't really think it played a part in their season. Their, their season turned out the way it did because they got, you know, they weren't a very good team and they had some really key injuries and the lack of depth that they just couldn't overcome. And uh, especially on that offensive line and it just derailed the season, to be honest with you. So I, to me, the whole thing is, look, there was obviously a rift there moving forward. I look at it and say, okay, it's not just Wink Martindale. That was unhappy. To me, it's all three coordinators, a whole handful of coaches. So, is there something there long-term that, and I think there is, that Brian Dable has to look at that and say, I have to make some changes here. Like there, I can't go about business the same way I did last year because these are the, you need to empower your assistant coaches. These are the guys that spend, you know, every minute, every day with the players, right, with their specific units and with, with their specific groups. You can't have, you know, three, four, five, six coaches who basically look at their boss and be like, ah, I don't like this guy, or I hate the way he works, or, you know, I really don't want to go and spend time with him because these guys need to spend a lot of time together during the season. I think that's what we're looking looking at here moving forward is uh, what can he change so that this doesn't happen and, and there is a better overall relationship with him and his coaching staff. So so, so just out of curiosity, like, give us, like, what, what are some of his behavior traits – as to, you know, why he rubbed a lot of these coaches the wrong way. Like, give us some examples, if you can, Jordan. Yeah. Well, we know the idea that, I mean, if you just watch the game and you, you see, like, he's high-strung and, uh, you know, the, up and down and very emotional. And, th- and that's fine, but there's there's a time for that and there's a time to, you know, and Luke Martindale was on the other end of that, of being composed. 
right? If you're just making decisions, like if you talk about something all week and then you go into the game and all of a sudden you're so emotional that you're just making emotional decisions, guys are looking at that, I think, a little bit cross-eyed. I think that was one of the things that I heard from a couple guys. Another thing was that he had a tendency to make things personal, right? It's one thing to be hard on your coaches and teach lessons, but as a way to do it, and sort of not rub people the wrong way. He kind of rubs some guys the wrong way. And the guy that originally told me that, this wasn't a guy who was a Martindale guy. It wasn't a guy who came with uh, Dable from Buffalo. It was sort of like a neutral observer coach. And if he's saying that, it makes me wonder, you know, how much is that really happening if he's passing that along to me, that, that it thing did become personal between Dable and a bunch of coaches. So those are the kind of things I'm talking about. I don't think it's, Anything that's critical, you know, that ultimately, okay, you can't fix, that this is just a, a character flaw that he's not going to be able to fix. Uh, I think that it sounds mostly to me, at least from what I heard, of things that if he decides to make an adjustment and the way that he deals with people and tries to, you know, at least keep his composure more in, in, in tough situations, that I think it's something that ultimately could just be a blip on the radar going forward. Wow, it just seems strange because I mean I don't know anybody that really loves their boss, right? I mean that's a rarity. Uh, they don't have to love them; they just have to respect them. And it, the where the respect was lost is where I would really uh, be curious to try and figure out why. Some of those situations, I can understand the frustration. If you're you know you're in a professional situation and you're trying to do play at the you know, highest level, and you have a coach that's you know like a cheerleader in effect, I, I see how that can be a problem. But man, I it's kind of hard for me to understand because I don't think there is a coach that I would like that I played for that I just absolutely loved. I mean, <laughs> they're telling you what to do. They're the ones that are scolding you and making decisions on how much you are going to be involved in these game plans. So yeah, hey, I, that's, that's interesting. And, and George, just to follow up with Amani, like best coaches I'd be around, they never would win a popularity contest. This is about getting the most out of people. Mm -hmm. Doesn't a lot of this have to be discounted <clears throat> Jordan when, it's anonymous sources. Like, I yeah. think it's complete BS. Look, Put your name on I, it. Exactly. I've worked with Brian. I promise you, nobody's going to be harder on Brian Dayball than himself. But all this other crap about anonymous sources, like, I think, candidly, it's complete BS. Did they play good enough? No. But they made catastrophically bad decisions in the offseason, which we've done an autopsy now for the last four months, who they drafted, who they paid. But to me, like, he, like I think it's about making the right decisions, not the easy ones. And I don't know, Jordan, like, don't you think it, I don't know, I, I think this is where, like, a guy like John Mara comes out sort of, like, above the fray to, to, to tamp things down. Yeah, I mean, look, this is just a lot of noise right now. I mean, ultimately, if you win, none of this matters. We saw in year one, right, just perform on the field and do well. But the, the thing here is, and this is why we're looking at it, okay, this could be a problem right now. I mean, it's possible by the time we're all said and done here that the Giants are looking at three new coordinators. Mm -hmm. And that's troublesome because then you have – we're talking about, okay, you, how do you rebuild? How do you restock? And especially on the defensive side, now, okay, now we have to, find, they have to find a way to start over on defense. What scheme are they using? Do they have the right personnel, right? I mean, new voices in the you know special teams. Granted, their special teams were bad, so that, that kind of was – uh, performance related, but you know, even if Mike Kafka leaves, which it's, it sounds like he wants to, I don't know if he ultimately will. Um, you know, another new voice for Daniel Jones, another 
uh, new twist on the offense. Now, I don't think that that's as, as big a deal because you have Brian Dable there, who's going to, in my opinion, probably end up running the offense. You know, and and uh, Shane Tierney is one of his guys. He's the quarterback coach. I expect him to maybe have a bigger role next year. So that, to me, is a bigger deal rather than, okay, you know, er- everything else. But, yes, yeah, this is a big year three, and now you're talking about all these changes. We just saw, look what happened to the Eagles, right? Yeah, the Eagles, they had, they had to change their coordinators, and we found out that, you know what, it's a big deal to make those changes, even when you have a loaded and stocked and talented team. So that, to me, is why it, uh, it sort of you know, raises a, a flag there and says, what, what's going on here? Uh, now we have to start over. This, this is not ideal to have to do in year three. In the year three, that's going to have a lot of pressure on Brian Dable now. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but just like Mike said, if they were winning, none of this would be, you know, the vitamin W, of course, the vitamin win would be That's would, the would test of a everything. coach, right? What's that? But that's the test of a coach is, is that can you keep it together when things go poorly, mm-hmm. right? Because every, every, every team goes, you guys have been part of teams, every team goes through rough, rough stretches, right? But in defense, how do you handle that? But in defense of Brian uh, Brian Dable, they did kind of perform well when you know over down the stretch when they when things were looking the worst. So by your met- yeah. matrix, they did perform well at the end. Well, I mean, I'll play devil's advocate and say they finished six and eleven and had to do it by winning you know three games down, four games down the stretch. They were yeah, but they won four games down the stretch. Is my point. And, and yeah, the season was already over. I'm just right, playing devil's advocate. The season's already yeah. over. Very yeah, but I, I will. I will. I, I will say that. You know. I, I will say this though, Jordan. You know, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, Amani. You know, I I think you got to give credit where, as you said, the season's over. A lot of guys they've already packed checked up their out. baggies, right? They've already checked out. And the fact that Brian Dable was able to get them geared up and and we saw them play hard down the stretch, even though the playoffs were really out of. Uh, the realm of possibility, I think, is commendable. You know, so so yeah, for me, absolutely, I, that's the yeah. biggest that's the biggest mark on his resume for this year that he was able to keep them together late in the season. And, so, and, again, Jordan Renan joining us here on ninety eight point seven ESPN, talking all things Giants. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Anita, I agree with you. Like the juxtaposition of that, Jordan, is like all the you know criticism Nick Sirianni is getting in Philly for a team that quit on him. So I actually, I think it says about. Brian Dayball's leadership relatability that they played so well when they had nothing to play for. Yeah, sure. I'd also rather finish eleven and five than six and uh, eleven and six and six and eleven. I'd well, rather finish eighteen and zero. Well, really? That's just not how it works. <laughs> I didn't realize, wait, let me write that down. Wow. Nick Sirianni's getting crushed. He did get them to ten and one at some point, and yeah. I know. It's sort of like a recency bias thing, and this is how the, the world works. Mm-hmm. But you know, there there are there is you know you get that, that part of the season does count just the same as the end of the season. No, Jordan, I agree with that. Defending Nick Sirianni. I mean, no, Jordan, I totally agree. I, I was doing this morning. I, I've been on ESPN all week. I'm the one guy saying Mike McCarthy should be there. Like 36 wins matter for both those coaches. Do you know that? Sean Payton and Mike Tomlin have one Super Bowl win. Their 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 yeah, winning percentage it's hard is like, to win. It it is. That's why like if you invest in a guy like Brian Dayball, like what I would say to him, like the key in life is what you learn once you know it all. And I know 
for a hundred percent certainty, because I was around him every single day. Brian Dayball has a growth mindset. He is constantly trying to get better. That's the number one attribute you want to have. Scale leadership, have hard conversations, hold people accountable. Now, I'll say this. If if Wink Martindale was surprised that he was let go or however that went, then Brian Dayball could have done a better job managing. Because one of the axioms of being a great manager is no one should be surprised when they're cut. No one should be surprised when they're fired because a manager should be actively trying to invest in their people to make them better. Now, on the other hand of it, like, and you're there every day, Jordan, none of us are, but like, is Don Martindale at his age, is he coachable? Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't, I'm not behind the scenes. That, that's a, I'm sure there's two sides to that. He would say no. I mean, uh, you know, the, the Dable and Chain side would probably say no, and he would probably say, I said, I, I mean, he was in Baltimore beforehand for ten years, mm-hmm. so it's. I'm not. I'm not looking at it. This is a guy that's jumped from six spots, you know, and he had all this trouble. I mean, I heard he still has a relationship with John Harbaugh, uh, so I don't know. But um, I, I, I don't think a guy who was somewhere for ten years previously probably. I, it's hard for me to imagine that that guy is impossible to rein in and work with. So um, so let's switch gears here, and, and, you know, now we've got the Senior Bowl coming up, right? Um, any Giants coaches participating in that? Uh, the Combine, obviously, is going to be important. Um, and, and also, what's the latest in regard to the health of, uh, of Daniel Jones? You hearing anything? Yeah, well, the, the Senior Bowl, okay, so there's some big guys there, right? Bo Nix, Michael Penix. There's some quarterbacks there, that, and they're going to be coached by the offensive coordinator there being Shea Kearney, who's the Giants quarterback coach. So big opportunity for the Giants to gain mm-hmm. intel there down at the senior ball. Uh, so, you know, this is a draft where the Giants are going to be looking hard at quarterbacks and to have one of their guys in there working with them. Because I know you guys, Mike, you could probably attest to this. Like When you have an opportunity to spend time one-on-one with people and see how they work, like that is maybe like the best intel you could possibly get, especially when the, how important it is at the quarterback position. So, I think that's good. And then with Daniel Jones, you know he seems to be doing well every time with you, I I've heard from him on that side. Uh, and I know I think I told you this last week. I fully expect him to be back within the nine month frame, barring any kind of setback, which would mm-hmm. be about mid August and give you like a month before the season. And that's if we get the full nine months. And looking at the history of quarterbacks off ACLs the last decade or so, like the big quarterbacks, mm-hmm. a lot of them actually even come back before nine months and gotten cleared for, you know, I'm doing the air quotes contact because, yeah. as you guys know, there's no such thing as contact for a quarterback anyway at practice. Yeah. Yeah, but I just feel like when you um, when you're a quarterback that one of his main attributes is the fact that he is um, – He's, you know, he, he uses his legs. Um, that's different from the traditional quarterback, you know, uh, in the past. You don't do that in practice, though, right? No, no I'm saying like really you're, I'm that. talking about. I'm, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about. You know, is he going to be ready for week one? You know, and if he is ready that's for week plus one, months. Yeah, I mean, I've had an ACL. I know how I felt after. Ten, I have two ACLs actually, and I know how I felt after ten months, and it mm-hmm. wasn't a hundred percent. So. Um, yeah, do, are the Giants going to want to trot a quarterback out there that uses his legs out a lot, legs a lot, um, 
early in the season when they know he's just going to get better and better and stronger and the likelihood of him re-injuring is going to get less and less week in, uh, by every week? Or are they going to just uh, roll the dice? I mean, that's, that's a, uh, I, I can't answer that, but that's something that they need to be thinking about because ACLs don't just, just – you don't get all that proprioception, all the different you know, muscles firing uh, the same way. It took me a year to get back to be able to run and do what I needed to do with the quickness and everything. So, I don't know. That's just something to think about. Um, R- Jordan, any, any final thoughts, any, any news uh, to, to offer some Giants fans before we let you go? Uh, they're still going through the search for, you know, special teams coordinator, defensive coordinator. I think as we move along forward here, um, maybe when the Bills, if they're getting knocked out, we sort of expedite the process. But, uh, in the meantime, you know, we kind of sit here and wait. And that's kind of where they stand. And it's going to be a big couple months of quarterback talk and quarterback evaluations, too. Yeah. So, Great stuff, Jordan. Really do appreciate your insight. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Renan report brought to you by Sansone Auto Mall. Make your best deal right now at Sansone Auto Mall. Uh, tell them Bart Scott sent you. Take an extra $1,000 off your best deal. Call 1-800-SANSONE today uh quick break we come back some some final thoughts we'll take your calls you want to chime in on what's going on with the giants brian table looking for a new staff uh rubbing folks the wrong way that needs to change 800-919-3776 we'll be right back hi it's mike greenberg letting you know espn bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring the official sports book of espn has exclusive offers and markets from scott van pelt Stephen a smith and me plus many more from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark there's no better time for sports fans sign up today new users get a bet reset up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win download espn bet today what a play must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Kind of just is what it is. Obviously, I've been lucky enough to play a lot of games at home at Arrowhead Stadium. It kind of just everything's fell that way. But now we get the great opportunity to go on the road and play in a hostile environment. One that I haven't been able to play with fans in the stands. I mean, even though I know it's going to be hostile and it's gonna, there, there are going to be people talking trash and everything like that, I'm excited for it because it's one of the best environments in football. And you want to do that when you grow up watching these games is playing the best environments and see what it's like. So, um, obviously, uh, Patrick Mahomes talking about a big game tonight. This is the one, you know, again, that really haven't been blessed with a lot of really great football this postseason. Uh, you know, 49ers, Green Bay Packers, somewhat entertaining. Everybody hoping that this Kansas City Bills game will live up to the hype. The Kansas City Chiefs right now uh, getting two and a half, three on the road. Gentlemen, your thoughts, Patrick Mahomes. This is his first playoff game on the road in Buffalo you know, it's interesting. Hosted yesterday and throughout the show question, which quarterback heading into this weekend's games had the most pressure? 
the majority of calls that came in on the show were Lamar Jackson. I actually, for me, it was it was a mix between um, Josh Allen, you know, winning the big game, getting this Buffalo's, Buffalo team over the hump, uh, Patrick Mahomes winning on the road, not in the comfy confines of Arrowhead Stadium. Um, it was To me, it was between the two. Uh, you know, Mike, let's start with you. Your thoughts, Patrick. Do you feel there's pressure on him right now to win on the road in this game? I don't think so. I think, um, you know, we talked about Brian Dayball before and him being his own harshest critic. I think Patrick Mahomes, you know, the the standards he set for himself are more pressure than anyone's going to put on him. I mean, he is, to me, like far and away the best player in the, on the planet right now. And I don't know if they're going to win today, obviously, but um, I don't think there's any more pressure. I think he goes out there every week and plays to that standard. Amani? Yeah, I think there's pressure. I think the most pressure is on um, the quarterback that can change his whole perception. And I don't think Mahomes going and if he lays an egg, I don't think you're going to be surprised that Patrick – you don't think you're going to change your thought uh, thoughts of what uh, Mahomes is as a quarterback. But like Lamar, you didn't know if his style was able to, to, to win in, a, in the playoff in the playoff in the fashion that he did. And you look at Buffalo and you look at Josh Allen, I mean, there's not much time left for this guy in terms of this iteration of the Buffalo Bills. You know, they've been talented. They've been the number ones. They've been, uh, you know, the top rated team. They've been in the playoffs a lot and they've had unceremonious um, exits. They haven't won the big game. They have, they have, we haven't had the muscle memory of seeing him hoist the Lombardi or even go to the Super Bowl and win, or win a division championship, a conference championship. So I think the most pressure is on Lamar. And then because he won yesterday, it's off of him. Now it's squarely on Josh Allen because we don't know. Uh, we don't know if, he, if he's a Super Bowl winning caliber quarterback. I mean, flat out. Interesting. Um, so uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for this this game today? We've seen the Kansas City Chiefs and, and that offense uh, not do what we've seen them do in years past. Most drop passes of any NFL team, right? Uh, Travis Kelsey, a shell of himself compared to what we've seen in years past. Um you know, I, I, I just I don't know if we're going to get that barn burner game that we've seen in years past. Do you, Mike? Oh, I think Buffalo and Kansas City is going to be whoever has the ball last. I really do. Um, and I think the biggest X factor is Josh Allen making plays with his feet. I think this should be a great game, actually. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm excited for the game for sure. But do do you think it's going to be high scoring, Amani? Um, I. I don't because I think both of these teams' defenses have really led this team to where they are now, especially the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Their offense is, you know, even with Patrick Mahomes, they're, you know, a, b- a little above average in, in the NFL. Uh, and so, but their defense is, you never thought a Patrick Mahomes led team would be led by the defense uh, because he's such a dominant player. But that's exactly what it's, what it's turned out to be. Here's an interesting um, trend, and and I'm going to ride this today. This might be one of my best bets, uh, which are locks of the week coming your way at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. 
Um, and that is the second half under has hit for Kansas City in 16 of their 18 games. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so the second half games for the Kansas City Chiefs are only averaging about 15 points. The second half under has hit in eight of the 10 home games for the Buffalo Bills, averaging about 18 second half points. Both these teams top five in second half points allowed defensively. And the last time these two teams played each other on December 10th, second half combined for only 16 points. And the over under in the second half for this matchup is 22 and a half. Mm. Mm. So two very good uh, defenses that really step up in the second half. Uh, love Anita, that trend. Yeah, Nina, I get the sense that yesterday didn't go well for you because if it did, we probably would have heard about it by now. <laughs> oh no, I, I, yeah, I did well yesterday. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, what, I did. Forty percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I did well. I'm, I'm playing. I'm coming into Sunday with house money. Mm, don't okay. you, don't you worry about me, boo. <laughs> don't you worry. I mean, usually, don't you like, worry about me, Mike. <laughs> Usually we would have known about it by now. Yeah, well, you wear I'm, it on your I'm, sleeve. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm safe. But listen, hey, went three and zero last week, so we're thirty two and seventeen on the season, which puts us at sixty five percent. Okay, now we're making last some year, money. Last year we were at seventy percent. I'm not sure if we can get back there. I, I, I doubt we can because now we only have what few more weeks. But, um, but anyway, sixty five percent, not bad. Hopefully we can go three and zero. Again this week. When we come back, since we have Mike Tannenbaum for another thirty minutes, he's up in Bristol, Connecticut. He's going to be doing Sports Center. You're going to see him all over uh, the big TV screens. Uh, but we've got him here for another thirty minutes. I want to talk about the coaching carousel. Bill Belichick ha- ordering Chick Fil A there in Atlanta. So he's had two interviews there. Reports are that's where his next stop is going to be. We'll dive into all that next right here on ninety point seven ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Welcome back to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Getting you ready for the two games remaining. Division round of the playoffs. Uh, let's take a look around the league. Brought to you by Telemore Dew Irish Whiskey. And since we have uh, Mike Tannenbaum, uh, former general manager, uh, for another 30 minutes, uh, let's take a look at our, our coaching carousel. Uh, great news for Antonio Pierce. Uh, gets the deal done and will be the head coach for the Raiders. I think much deserving. Right, Mike? Uh, absolutely. You beat Kansas City and Kansas City. Last three out of four, they, they, they won last three out of four, beating everybody in the AFC West. Uh, right. You know Antonio Pierce well, Amani. Much deserving. You excited for him? I'm very excited for him. He's, um, he's a great dude. Very much a, a leader. And I feel like the Raiders are like the perfect team for him because he's kind of an unconventional guy in terms of like the way he, you know, the the way he kind of maneuvers. But when it comes down to game time or when it comes down to an opportunity to where he is, uh, you know, has to perform well, unbelievable in terms of what he can do. And he's one of the smartest players that 
most of the guys that I played on defense, they say he's, he was the smartest player on the field at all times. So that's when people say he's not an X's and O's guy. Uh, I don't know if they have actually had a conversation with Antonio Pierce about football because he is an X's and O's savant. He is a football savant. Well, when you look at the statistics and what he was able to do, uh, one of led, led led the league in sacks and also fewest penalties uh, when he took over. It, it really, really, really impressive, and you could see how the guys responded to him. So thrilled for Antonio Pierce. I think that was the right hire there. Um, Bill Belichick. Uh, Second interview in Atlanta. Reports are that it looks like that's the direction that they're going to go. Social media caught him buying a sandwich at Chick-fil-A. Uh-oh. So he's in, he's in the perfect part of town. Um, you know, surprised that it's the Atlanta Falcons, Mike? Uh, no. Uh, Arthur Blank's dance with some other big guy, uh, big names like Bill Parcells in the past. So this is, uh, to me, a, a marriage of uh, convenience for both. Yeah, and also he needs a situation where he can be in complete control. I don't think he's a guy that's going to sit back and take uh, players from a general manager that doesn't have the pelts on the wall that he does. And and in regard to what the Atlanta Falcons have, like how big of a rebuild is this? Do you think? It, let's just hypothetically speaking, Bill goes there. A few. Th- I've got a lot of questions. Uh, does he take his son with him? Number one. Number two. Um, you know how big of a build is this? You know. For for Bill Belichick, who's let, let's be up there, you know, Father Time, uh, you know, is not on his side. Well, I mean, he's going there to try to break Don Chula's record. They need a quarterback, but beyond that, um, this is a pretty good team. Yeah, Jesse Bates. I think this defense is better. People realize. Yeah, they got a lot of offensive weapons. You know, Pitts, um, you know, London. You know, and then they got the, the Robinson, the, the the running back. Like they have pieces. You know, this is a this team is a quarterback away from being being pretty special. What offense. do you think he does? What do you think he does with Mac Jones, Mike? W- with well, Mac Jones will be in New England. You're you're saying what what would he do at the? I'm quarterback saying, position? do you think do you think he would want to bring Mac Jones with him or no? I don't think so. I mean, he benched him this year. I I did their last game of the season. Mac Jones was their third quarterback. A guy named Nathan Rourke was their backup. So. I think no. that um, if you look at Bill Belichick's like history over 20 years, he typically tries to get players he had trouble defending, like a guy like Wes Welker. And if you go back a couple of Monday nights ago, uh, years ago on a Monday night, Justin Fields tore up Bill Belichick, and I uh, that game Ooh. just sticks in my mind. That's you know where, so good. You know That's where so Justin good. Fields. You know He's where Justin Georgia. Fields from? Yep. He's from Georgia. Yeah. Yep. I remember he wanted to go to Georgia, and then uh, he did. He went there, and then there was a quarterback. I can't remember his name. Jacob Fromm. Fromm, yeah, Fromm is the guy that moved him to Ohio State. <laughs> Unbelievable how this how the world turns. Um, taking a, again, just taking a tour around the NFL and looking at the AFC North news this week. Mike Tomlin um, feels that he's re-energized. Surprised that Tomlin is staying in Pittsburgh? No. Go ahead, yeah. Mike. What do you think? I agree. I mean, it's just an organization of continuity. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, listen, I, I'm just saying, like, th- there was talk and speculation that it was going to be his final year. So, um, so, so there's that. Uh, what, about the, what about the Tennessee Titans? Is, is, is that the least favorable job? Like, like what's, what is it going to take to get somebody to come there and coach? Yeah, I talked to some of the candidates that went in there. Um, 
if you like Will Levis, it's actually a great opportunity. Um, now, I think Mike Vrabel's a great coach. Like, I'd like to know why they moved on from him. But there are some people in the coaching the community that think Will Levis has a chance to be really good. Hmm. Uh, the Chargers, are they just waiting to see what uh, what John Jim Harbaugh does? Is, is, that, is that their coach of choice? Every, yeah, that's what everyone seems to say. So... You know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um, you know, <clears throat> it's. Uh, by the way, here's what's remarkable. I'm, I'm sure you guys saw the footage of Jim going to the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. How about that family guys? Like Jim Harbaugh wins the national championship. John Harbaugh is back in the you know conference championship. Their brother-in-law is Tom Crean, who had the number one team in the country in college basketball with University of Indiana. Their dad won a national championship at the FCS level. It's an unbelievable family. Yeah. Um, looking at the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks, again, Pete Carroll forced out of head coaching uh, into somewhat front office role. Um, how do you think that's going to change the Seattle Seahawks, Mike? Great question, Anita. You know, I've been thinking about this one a lot. It could go a couple different ways. You know, Dan Quinn, obviously, there's a relationship there. But I wonder, too, if they think like, OK, um, you know, we we look at Kyle Shanahan. We look at Sean McVay. Do they try to get like a young offensive play caller? Um, and then Carolina uh, <laughs> ownership. How, how insane was that? You, I'm sure you saw the video of the owner throwing his water, drink. Yeah. yeah, throwing his drink on, on the Jacksonville Jaguar uh, fan base out there. I, I mean, what, what, do you, what, what do you make of Carolina? Yeah, um, you got to believe in Bryce Young. You know, that's the bottom line. And do you? At five ten on five ten in the morning, five nine at night. Do you? Yeah, I know, I know. I violated one of my own rules. I really liked him, but he is small. Yeah. So they, they've really it's, they've it's draft wise they've got to, they've got to really work on on drafting some offensive guards. Now that they've committed to Bryce Young, small quarterbacks need good guards, right? Because you need great point. Yeah. You, you, you right? You you need to to protect that pocket. So, so there's that. Um, trying to think what else, who else out there? Oh, the Washington Commanders. Um, mm, that's interesting. What, what, what do you think happens with Washington? I think Ben Johnson gets that job. I know, you said that last week. Mm-hmm. What happens to Eric Bieniemy? Is he out, on, is he out in the cold flapping around? <laughs> I, I think he goes back to uh, Kansas City. Yeah. Mm. Will he ever... Mike, get a head coaching job? Uh, I, I hope so. I mean, yeah. he, he certainly seems like he deserves it, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, what's the what's the holdup? Like, is there I, – I, I don't understand why he hasn't gotten an opportunity with all the success that he's had in Kansas City. And you see how different it is this year uh, when he's – you know, he's in Kansas City. Their offense has definitely took a, a, a turn south. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We've got some calls, folks wanting to chime in. Let's get out to your your, your calls. Let's go to Artie in Brooklyn. Artie, you're up. Hey, thanks for taking the call. You appreciate it. You know, um, when the, the the guys who were hurt in the Forty ers they lost the three games. That's when they saw a little um, show of Purdy not being the MVP of the league. You know, you could see it even in the, in the game yesterday. Purdy made some throws that should have been picked off, that the better quarterback was love. 
I took a little offense to, as a Jets fan, to say that they made the wrong move at the quarterback. I don't think the Green Bay Packers were shopping love, or they could have, you know, you could get uh, love for the same package that you gave for Rodgers or even number one picks. The Packers were going with love. They developed them. My question is this. Okay, I looked at the Green Bay when they had Favre, Rodgers. They had a defensive coach for one year. He was 8-8, eight and eight, and they still fired him and ended up getting um, McCarthy. I guess the, the feeling was, I don't know, but the feeling was they had McCarthy already, and they were going to lose him. So they fired the defensive coach, used McCarthy to develop um, Rodgers. So my question to you is you talking about Ray Rhodes? Uh, Is that Ray Rhodes? Ray Rhodes, yeah. Yeah. Ray Rhodes. Yeah, very good. I don't know how you how you came up with that, but yeah, they fired Rhodes. He was he was eight and eight and they fired him. Yeah. On one year. Yeah, we keep we keep all the all the brothers keep track of the the, the black head coaches, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) So here's my thinking. You know, if if you have faith in Douglas, me, I like Douglas personally. I think you put we haven't had a team like this on the Jets for like 13 years. They might not make the playoffs, but I trust Douglas. I don't know if he could get a a pick. You know, I mean, I'll draft the quarterback right now because you got to go all in or he's going to lose his job. So you you don't draft the quarterback. I love this kid Pratt um, from uh, Tulane, I think. I never saw him play, but I'm just reading up on him and stuff like that. He's got good size or whatever. I think – you got to watch him play. If the, <laughs> I think that if the Jets could do whatever, if Douglas could do whatever mm-hmm. right now and mm-hmm. be secure with the job, I would fire Sally and get Brable and develop a quarterback. That's what I would do. I mean, I want to get your input on it and watch for Gullamy to be the next Jet coach next year. All well, right, Vrabel, thanks, Vrabel hasn't really developed a quarterback. I mean, I think, you know, he had – he had uh, – was the guy from Oregon? Um, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, he had Marcus Mariota and tried to develop him. That didn't work out. Then he had um, the guy. Was Vrabel the head coach when they drafted Mariota? No, he wasn't. But Mariota was young when they brought in Vrabel, and Vrabel came in, and it was instantly Mariota went from being an okay quarterback to being terrible. And then, and then they brought in um, uh, the quarterback from Miami, who's still there right now. Um, Tannehill, they brought in Tannehill, and he went from playing well to then he kind of fell off. So he hasn't – he's worn on quarterbacks, and he hasn't been the quarterback whisperer. And one of the things about Vrabel, he's a great coach, but I wouldn't categorize him as a guy who can develop quarterbacks who was a quarterback-friendly coach. So, Yeah, one thing I would push back on that, Imani, like, mm. and, and this was like talking about Mike McCarthy all week, like if the three of us were running, you know, the Tennessee Titans or – the odds of them having a better record over the next three years compared to what Vrabel did are, are pretty long. You know, and that was my point about like Mike McCarthy. Like, if you fire Mike McCarthy, the odds would be overwhelmingly that you would win 36 regular season games over the next three years. So I think Vrabel's a really good coach, and I would have stuck with him and, and developed a quarterback with him and their GM, Rand Carthon. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised that he got fired. Definitely surprised he got fired. But I'm saying if you're going to bring Vrabel in, Vrabel in to the Jets and fire Robert Sala because you think Vrabel is going to develop a quarterback. I, I think that's not you're not looking at what's actually happening on the field. Oh, well, you can look at their records, their records. But I'm not I'm not saying like I'm just saying the re, like you're bringing in Vrabel 
because you think that you're going to get a you're going to get a guy who's going to develop a quarterback. No, I'm bringing in Vrabel because I think he's a better football coach that could scale leadership, hold people accountable, not make excuses and win games and take teams to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not doubting that. I'm just saying the, I'm just very I'm slicing it very thin, thinking that because one of the reasons why the caller said that he wanted to bring in Vrabel <laughs> is because he could develop a quarterback, and I'm saying you could bring in Vrabel and because he's a better coach. But not he's not a better he's not the be, you wouldn't bring him in as a guy who's going to develop a quarterback. That's my only point. He's a better coach. I agree yeah. with that. But I don't think that the reasoning behind that is 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 applicable. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll continue with your calls, Craig and Clay. Hang tight. Uh, around the league, brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew Honey. Gas up to enjoy Tullamore Dew responsibly. We come back. Uh, we are going to go bombs away. That's why right. it's time for Mike Tenenbaum's bomb of whoa. <laughs> it's early, it's early <laughs> for that, week. <laughs> also, we'll get his predictions for both the Bucks Lions and the KC and Bills game. All of that next, right here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Now back to New York Game Day with a money tumor, Mike Tannenbaum and Anita Marks. The bomb is about to be dropped. It's Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week. That's right. It's time for Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week. Brought to you by Slowman's. Mike, the stage is yours. Drop it. I got uh, Tampa Bay going to Detroit today and winning the game. Anita, 28-24. Todd Bowles, great coach. Baker Mayfield gets two touchdown passes to Mike Evans, and away we go. Woo! Okay. Uh, I like it. I, I like the connection between um, uh, Baker Mayfield and, and Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans on a contract year, mind you. Um, so there's that. All right, so we, we've got that prediction. Uh, it's bold, and I do like it. Lions defense has been suspect. What about Kansas City and the Bills? Uh, what's your score? What's your prediction here? Yeah, I'm going to go 31-28 Buffalo. I think the difference in this game is going to be Josh Allen with his legs. Um, you know, Monty talked earlier about the improved Bills defense, which I agree with, but they got hurt again last week, and now, like, A.J. Klein, who is out of football, is going to have the green dot. And for our audience, the green dot means, like, you're the communicator today, and that that is a lot of uh, pressure for a guy that literally was on the streets just a few weeks ago. So I think it's a little bit of a higher-scoring game, just given, you know, you know that situation. But I, I do like Buffalo at home. Again, Mike Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week brought to you by Slowman's. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to learn how you can uh, take Slowman Shields professionally installed free Slowman's. It is the difference. Um, the difference is human. So make sure you check that out. Also, um, this portion of the show brought to you by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Um, let's go out to our phone lines. We've got quite a few calls before uh, we, again, have to say hasta la vista to uh, Mike Tannenbaum because, you know, he's big time. He's on Center. Let's go to Craig. Craig, welcome in. Got to make it quick. What's your question? Well, I was just going to say, how, how can there – my question is, how can there be continued optimism about Brian Dable – even though he won Coach of the Year, when Peterson and Kyle Shanahan, either one of them should have won it, he came in off of a 4-13 schedule, got some lucky wins, only won one division game against the Commanders, lost both against Dallas and Philly, and tied the Commanders another time. How can they be continue to be optimistic about that guy, knowing that he, he, he can't fight his way out of the bottom of the division 
with Dallas and Philly ahead of them, they're going nowhere. So how do they continue giving him this optimism with a 15-touchdown passing quarterback? Craig, thanks for the call. Amani, you want to answer that? Uh, because he can develop quarterbacks and because you know he got this team that was headed nowhere quickly to fight and, and play hard the last three games. I mean, those are things that you know, you don't learn a lot about coaches when they're doing well. You learn a lot about coaches and how their team reacts to them when things are going poorly. And this year, things were going poorly. And they found a way to pull up themselves up by their bootstraps. I mean, when you look at the Lions as an organization, they were 0-7, um, I think, Dan Campbell's first or second year. And they just kept on fighting, kept on fighting, and that culture – is what ultimately is what you're seeing play itself out now. And I feel like that's, I don't know if they're going to have this similar situation, but that's what you look for when you're looking at coaches. And the fact that he had, he, he had success last year in a team that nobody thought had the talent to go to the playoffs, and he's had, this year was disappointing, I'll give you that, but they didn't give up. And he did put it, you know, Tommy DeVito, and gave him an opportunity to be a, a legitimate starter in, this NF, in, the, in the league. That says a lot. So I, you know, can that make him, can that success this year, limited success this year, give him uh, a pass for the next three or two or three years? No, but it did definitely gives him a pass this year. And, but next year, all the pressure is going to be squarely on him. And I don't think the organization, I don't think many Giants fans are comfortable with the way that the organization is going right now. But they do feel, I, but they do feel that they're, they do have a guy that can lead them out of this situation. Uh, Mike, before we let you go, any final thoughts on uh, today's action? Yeah, look, I think they should be really competitive games. You know, we saw that last night. Um, again, it, on the eye test, Anita, like Baltimore looked better than San Francisco. But again, I think presumptively those are the two teams we're going to see in a couple of weeks in Las Vegas. But I like Buffalo and Tampa today. Should be some great games. Mike, fantastic. Uh, again, we'll release you so you can go do Sports Center. Hopefully, you can pop on with us again at some point in time in the 10 o'clock hour. If not, no pressure, but we'd love to have you on. Uh, coming up in the 10 o'clock hour, uh, we, uh, we've got our locks of the week. Again, went 3 0 last week, 32 and 17 on the season, so we're at 65%. Uh, and, um, and also, we'll hear from Rich Samini coming your way at 10 30 with a Jets update. Clay, I see you. I know you want to talk about the Packers. We'll get your calls. 800 919 3776. It's New York Game Day with you until 11 a.m. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is New York Game Day. Presented by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Slowman's Low prices, zero sacrifices. For 100 years, Slowman's has been a staple in home comfort. Call 1-866-OIL-DEAL. And by Nissan. You deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill yourself. Shop your local Nissan store at Nissan.com today.